0: This is the Love Swim Podcast, powered by Love Admin's easy to use software that reduces your organization's admin and increases its income. Find out more at www.loveadmin.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Love Swim Podcast. It's me, Clive Marquis. Um, and this week um, we have emma robinson um, from the emma's otters swimming school um, out in the isle of wight um, so hello emma welcome to the podcast
1: hi thank you
0: <laughs> so today of course we're going to be talking a lot more about um, swim schools um, a bit of open water stuff and aqua sensory so lots of really interesting topics that um, of course we always like listening to um, but of course we're going to start off with as always do the basics so tell us about you Um, How you got into managing a swim school, and then tell us about Amazonas.
1: So I fell into the leisure industry um after school didn't really want to go to sixth form and then just fell in managed to go into management within six months and then managed through a few pools I was in one pool and we started doing a little bit but I could see a lot more progress and they didn't want to go that way so we parted ways I continued to hire the pool and started up our swim school uh back in 2018 so a little while ago um and then we've been kind of developing since then.
0: <laughs> yeah and I was gonna say cause you are quite um new in that sense of 2018 it's quite a recent kind of thing to push forward isn't it?
1: Yeah it is and obviously Covid was um, quite entertaining that was a year of no swimming and not really know what's doing going do we shut business up do we start and um, so yeah it's, it's been fun it's been a really cool time and we've developed so much over the last few years. I started on my own, just doing baby and preschool um, and then a little bit of disabled swimming and um, special needs. And then we moved into we got a place at a school. So we started teaching for school um, again, one day a week doing their swimming lessons. And we're now up to three days a week, plus anything else that they can throw at us. And then we do other swimming uh, school swimming lessons as well as lots of special needs we've just started with some funded spaces for children with additional needs and um, we have a massive baby and preschool program where we run six days a week which is really cool and then um after school lessons are really busy too so we've kind of gone from one pool to swimming across four pools then a lake and the sea so lots of, lots of places to go for a swim <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's a big variety actually was one interesting point you were talking about um funded disabled swimming that sounds quite interesting so have they got like sponsors or donors or
1: so it's 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 really bizarre in my world it's the council are paying me as a private provider to run swimming lessons for children with additional needs even though we have a massive council precision provision for swimming pools on the island I'm not going to complain because we can use smaller I use nice small pools where it's quiet and we can really control our environment mm. Um to be able to run it so it does make sense um in the fact that we can control it more than a big 25 meter pool but um yeah no yeah, it's cool. really cool we've we just started that so that's a good one
0: that's a okay so a quick question actually so i was thinking this um and a lot of our viewers out there or listeners out there will think this as well something's very different on the isle of Wight, i would say um because I, I have spent some time over there and i would say it's, it's quite different isn't it it's it's a lot more I'd say it's quite, it's a lot more popular, I'd say in some places, but I don't know.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, I think so, because the parents I speak to, we live on an island um, and there's water everywhere. We grow up going to the beach because it was something free for my parents to take us to do and it's always there. So that's really good. I'm lucky I got into sailing. And so for me, swimming and sailing go hand in hand. I was a squad swimmer, but it wasn't my thing Um, I know there is still a big squads and big competitive swimming market on the island and we steer away from that I'm not it's not my cup of tea I love it and I can swim fast but I'm not pushing the kids to swim three days a week four days a week but um, there is a big love for the sea and love for anything outdoors over here compared to upcountry central London where it's it's a completely different environment we are more laid back and I think people are more in tune with the environment what's around us and really enjoying what we've got so that's quite nice
0: yeah for sure so I mean you've got some incredible beaches down there that's for sure
1: yeah we really do we're very lucky
0: (laughs) (laughs) but okay so that's another interesting thing um actually who did you swim for when back in the day
1: so I swam for sea place
0: I thought it was a sea close. I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was either going to be sea yeah. close or West White. Those are the two main ones, isn't
1: it? Uh, yeah, right now they're doing really well. They've done really well a few weeks ago from the news. But um, no, sea close was the big one. But hand on heart, I was doing too much and I was like, nah, swimming can get dropped. I'll go play other <laughs> sports.
0: <laughs> well, then again, though, swimming is always going to stay in your life, that's for sure, obviously. <laughs>
1: absolutely it did and I, I came back to it but um I think I shocked people because we were doing some competitive open water bits and they were like oh I can swim really fast like, yeah I just didn't like doing competitions too much sitting around too much waiting around and it wasn't for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> well actually that well talking about that we'll we'll skip over to one of the questions you keep bringing up about open water and I'm really interested because I read through your website as well I had a good bit of research, like, you know, scrolling through everything. Um, but it was, um, you talk about, you do open water sessions and you have sort of like beginner sessions um, and then you've got like more like, oh, how do you say a bit more? Advanced. Sessions, that's the word. Yeah, like <laughs> beginners advanced, but also like in, about that open water. And I was quite interested by that and what you kind of do. So I assume you would have seen a big increase over lockdown.
1: Yeah, so um, there's been for me there's been a big increase over lockdown we were able to do that over lockdown and we launched the open water bit and um, it was always planned and I was due to go onto the coaching course just as COVID hit but obviously it was pushed back push back push back and um, but we were able to launch over lockdown which was really nice because it gave me the chance to do it whereas now we're back in the pools and it's all a bit crazy because it's us it's a sideline business I'd love to do more with it and we are back to doing more it's just I think with everyone we're trying to get more teachers trying to get everybody back from a turn to leave and bits and bobs mm. but um, no the open water is really really interesting we get a lot of people who want to learn just to keep safe which is really nice I've seen a lot of very concerning things there's been a lot of RNLI action picking up swimmers um, I've got a few friends who are lifeboat and they're just they're head in hands and um, over what's happened I'm speaking to a very very good and um she she swims all the time um experienced swimmer she got hypothermia twice within two weeks and she's now come out of the water and she's like I'm, I'm almost scared to go back but she's someone who swum sailed all her life and she's in her 60 70 so she should she knows she knows what she's doing and she just got hit with this I've got hypothermia and I don't know what to do it scared her so it's trying to give people a chance to be in a controlled environment um we we have a lot of access to the sea but there's not many lakes on the island to swim in no freshwater swimming so we've managed to do a deal with one of the local holiday parks and we use their swimming lake um really cool i do a lot of open water lifeguard assessments and bits and bobs like that as well so it's quite an encompassing bit but there's a lot of people wanting to swim and you know, their reasons are very varied and um, we had a lot of pool swimmers who came in into the lake during covid because they just weren't comfortable being indoors and in, in a pool environment whereas they were really happy coming to the lake so um if we see them come back this summer that will be an interesting interesting point because we don't have the lidos or anything like that which you get more across the water
0: yeah for sure no i can see that and it was it's definitely interesting because as you said previously like is is you're encompassed by water that is quite important thing for people to be able to learn to swim so then if you're saying like some people are getting hypothermia and the rnli are getting called as it's not (laughs) it's not the image that you want to have is it so (laughs)
1: no and the islands you know, the islands' beaches are beautiful and in the summer there's a few lifeguarded ones but actually in the winter they're really dangerous um, and yeah, I've been off we've been for swims with very very experienced swimmers and we've been able to get ourselves out of trouble but that is because we were experienced we all know what we're doing but that was scary having to pull someone off a set of rocks and get them out and round because they'd had a panic attack because we'd got caught by a riptide which we knew we would and it was slingshotting us in the right direction but they even then they were worried and they got scared over it so um, that's someone who does dark 10ks and things like that so they're very very strong experienced swimmer Um, and you see a lot of people who are getting caught in, in these tides and just not sure what to do with them, um, especially because it was new and over lockdown. There was, oh, we're going, you know, we'll just go in the sea. It's nice. We had a really nice summer. Mm. Um, it's seen a lot of big intake of people going into the sea who may not have, may not understand it. And it's just realising that it's, it's a big place with lots of tides and dangers. So it's quite...
0: Yeah, it's completely different to Portsmouth, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well that's another thing and i'm sure you could also say so you're gonna have islanders listen to this like if you they wanted to look into the rnli and like you you've obviously got some rnli links that you can post to make sure that everyone's safe when they're swimming
1: yeah there's there's lots of information around there's lots of groups who are doing swimming and and um you know, there's tidal charts, there's everything people can look at to, to make it worth it. So I think more and more people are understanding it. It's nice to see that there is a big community of swimmers, open water swimmers on the island who look after each other. And, you know, they they do kind of post out that this is dangerous or this is what to do. So it's it's really good. There's a big, big open water um, session on the island and lots of them are very good at looking out for each other and helping and getting new people into the sport, which is nice to see. So
0: yeah for sure definitely and that again would then bring it back to you isn't it with your beginner open water sessions
1: yes definitely yeah there's, there's lots of people doing beginner open water so it's really nice that and um, people can come along and see what it's like and we teach them the safety skills of floating and what to do if they get into trouble and just the fact that you need to roll and have that breath and take a chance to relax and then try again because that's the panic is when you get into a lot of trouble for open water swimmers or any swimmer really so getting people to just try and relax and it's it's not an easy thing to do especially when you're when you're scared and you're out of your comfort zone and but there are a lot of safe beaches and things on the island as well which is really nice
0: yeah definitely no i think that's really key as well actually having the opportunity Well, the accessibility for people to learn these skills and learn mainly the safety element of it. Because, yeah, okay, it's fun and all that, but swimming's all about safety for a start. It's a life-saving skill, isn't it?
1: That's it. And it's it's technically classed as an extreme sport. You see a lot of people dipping the cold water dips and the cold water swimming, and you are putting your body to an extreme. So it's quite scary when people are like, I've been in the water for half an hour without swimming. I'm thinking, I'm not getting into water at the moment with half an hour with a wetsuit on, so feel free.
0: (laughs) I did that once over lockdown. I got into a uh, <laughs> minus five in my briefs and it was not, no. We were in and we were out very quick. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: it. It's warmed up again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not doing that again. As soon as the pools were back, I, we were straight back in there. <laughs> Squirrels it,
1: yeah. isn't that more so fun?
0: Well, <laughs> oh, exactly. It's warmer as well. Warm- and I can see the bottom. That's the, that's the main thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the monsters can't get you. <laughs>
0: it gets me every time every time i'll I, I watch star wars when i was younger in the first one with all those seats nah, that was me done <laughs> but anyway yeah so we we're also talking about um your swimming lessons in the pool as well because you do a lot of those well that's your big that's the big bit and um you also were writing a lot on your website which i was quite interested by is aqua sensory now in my head as a competitive swimmer sensory is all about like feel of the water and you know like floating and bits like that and I love that stuff so I'm wondering whether you're somewhere along those kind of lines
1: yeah so it's completely that um but it's also encompassing the whole environment you walk into a swimming pool a lot of the time they're really noisy they're really echoey and for some people it's a lot especially with young children um, and you can't hear and that's why people like that you know if you're like me I love being under the water and it's all about being underwater, swimming underwater um, and hiding from the world. And you get people who say it's about the turning off. So it is, it's about getting people to feel the water and, and just take a step back and enjoy it. You get a lot of people who are desperate for for that. Um, they're desperate for kids to progress and, mm. push and push them and push them and push them and push them. And it's kind of taking that chance just to step back and go. But what else are they getting from it? You're getting the sensory stimulation. You're getting such um you know water massages muscles there's all the hydrostatic parts of it which are really good for you and it's looking at it in a whole um in a whole environment and kind of looking towards what we're stimulating children and adults with yeah as a whole and trying to push push the sensory feelings so the feel of water we do a lot of pouring water with clouds and pouring water and um, over children's heads over our heads and it's it's getting them to enjoy the feeling because it's to start with it can be quite off-putting and um, I still don't like a cloud being put on my nose I don't know why I do not like the water being poured on my nose and um, but other children they, they absolutely adore it um, and other teachers don't mind it whereas the children just think it's hilarious because I pull funny faces as they <laughs> do it um and it, it's kind of we, we we bring music and we bring sound into the pool so they're listening and we're listening under the water at uh, egg shakers
0: mm-hmm. and things
1: like that to try and encourage you know, encourage them to listen under the water and then actually children want to go underwater then we're not forcing it it's giving them this, the simulation and actually it's not scary you you really enjoy it but it's giving them the chance to explore and understand the sensory side of it which is like you said it's massive there's yeah. you, the spinning the rolling you could go on about sensory input
0: I think that's really interesting because um I've, I've spent some I've spent some time in force <laughs> spent a bit of time <laughs> dabbling around and um like, when I have done some work with swim schools as well and bits of that, and it's very much, um, you know, like, banging them out. You've got to churn out these kids to try and um, get them through, if you know what I mean, and push them forward. And when it comes to underwater bits, like, it's always about, I don't know, dip their face in. You know, you kind of progressively trying to push them further and further underwater to, until they're just like, okay, you can deal with it now, and you move on. You know, what I mean? But your way of kind of saying... Taking it back and going probably round round the corner if you know I me mean, round the uh, side of the wall and try and to stimulate the senses of reasons why they would want to go under and allow them to make that decision in their own mind because they're happy about it. I think that's. That, I mean, that's. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that.
1: It creates little monsters. I'll hands on heart to say, you know, we have some very very. They're fantastic. They just love jumping in, diving in and probably giving every other lifeguard an absolute heart attack on the island. (laughs) Um, Because you've just got like a two year old who just it's hilarious to bomb into the water and swim to the bottom of the pool. And but they're they're safe and they know that they can do it. And obviously the parents are always with them Mm. and the parents know what the children can do. And older children, we've had a lot who they've gone to other places where it has been this churning them out, bang, bang, bang. And we've gone, well, Okay, let's let's just take them back a step or two. Let's try kind of a more holistic method. Um, And I'm more laid back. If you want some, you know, if you we do get a lot of progression and we get some amazing children come through our program who they're swimming front crawl. I've seen children who are four years old with fantastic front crawl. And I'm thinking, hey, they can go far. Um, And it's brilliant because their parents take They listen, they go underwater and they've they've got the idea of everything. They understand floating as well, very young. Mm. Um, But I'm not after children who can all swim and go into the squad. So I want them to be able to save themselves, to be able to, if they get into trouble, roll onto their backs and shout for help. Um, or you know swim to the side and we've unfortunately had a few children who've tested the methods and being on an island they've fallen (laughs) off of things they've climbed bits you know what children do Um, and and it's they've managed it they've managed to swim up parents have obviously jumped straight in after them and pulled them out but they haven't been afraid afterwards Mm. we've done a little bit of work in the pool the parents have gone oh this has happened we're not quite sure we think they're going to be a little bit standoffish but actually at the time of them even getting stood in stood in the water and getting knocked over by a wave um they've they've not come back with the fear we've expected them to and and they're like oh no actually that's fine they just come up giggling I'm like bet you didn't (laughs) (laughs) You're like no no I've aged 10 years (laughs)
0: But that, it shows that whatever you're doing is working. Then, obviously,
1: absolutely. Um, yeah, it's heartbreaking. I've got a very good friend who did lose someone. Uh, they they lost a younger sibling to to a drowning accident, and they they do happen. And it was many years ago. But she's big on her children all have to learn to swim, and that they, they they do, and they they're safe, and they love jumping in, and they love the water. But we are in the fact that they stand a better chance of being able to save themselves and if they never had lessons at a young age and you know we we start them at three months old floating and encouraging them to want to go under the water it's all very much child-led and reading body language which is great because it is becoming more of a popular um, method of teaching now Yeah, and um, watching for the children's cues and not just forcing them underwater because then I get a lot of screaming children who um yeah
0: look and also that, that just hurts the ears like <laughs> it just hurts I don't the ears.
1: that's it who wants to listen to a child scream
0: it's not <laughs> yeah, exactly weird. if we can find a way where they don't scream I- I- i'm sold
1: you say i'm done with that
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think that's just um it's a really interesting thought and also i i love it like i think that the whole concept of creating a two-way street and um even at a really young age and the progression of that will be so much quicker than trying to force them down that line of where you want them to be and trying to push them so every week they're getting better and better like quickly. It's just not not where not where you want it.
1: No, it's not what I want. And you know, I'm quite happy to say someone, look, that's fine. There's other places who you can go and go and see and go and you know, I'm not I'm not never offended for people not finding our way the right way for them because everyone's different who's going they've got to have their badges they've got to do this they've got to do that because you know everyone learns at different paces. um everyone manages things differently I struggled at school I couldn't you know I'm dyslexic so I think a lot of that is pushed into the fact that I'm more like there's always a different way around it which is really nice and um we've we've had a lot of Senko teachers um come and join join us lately which is just really funny because there's a big you know, we, we've had that movement towards people who are just like, OK, we'll just look at it a different way and we'll try different methods. So it's nice that we've got that going on as a culture and as a business. It's, you know, it's that way. I've got a lot of nonverbal children who come in and they join our mainstream lessons. So that's quite fun. That's quite a challenge trying to teach a child who's, who's nonverbal. But you, you do it and they do really well in the main lessons with you. Yeah, yeah. children who are talking and chatting and it gives everybody a different perspective which is really nice as well
0: now I've got an interesting question here for you and of course it's completely up to you whether you want to answer this but I'm also <laughs> dyslexic as well so I understand your. uh it's that so we're on the on the same level of that spectrum you know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I'm wondering like do you find it helps you connect them better with the um certain swimmers Because I, I found some of the swims really got me some of them did not but some of them really got me.
1: Absolutely. Um, because I've probably, you know, we laugh. Everyone's like, you've definitely got ADHD too. So I'm quite happy to deal with the child he's who, absolutely bouncing off the wall. And all the teachers are like, I just don't know what to do with them. I'm like, that's okay. I'll come play for five minutes. And I, I do, I get, here. Yeah, I think that's why I get children. I like the wild activities, the bit more freedom having that chance to roam and just be be wild and and free and let let the children lead the activities at times and not necessarily have a really strict plan of what we're going to do if it's not working we just throw it up in the air and go okay let's try something else because you, you you're just trying to get a round peg into a square hole it's never gonna work you need to you need to be able to be flexible and just just change. the I think it does help with the connection. But I also think it helps to think outside the box and be able to just think freely and not be bound by what the textbooks say and what what you've been taught. So it gives that freedom and
0: that. Definitely, yeah. you it's the out of the box thinking. That's for sure, <laughs> it's always there. Someone will oh, say yeah. to you and be like, "Well, did do do this?" <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so like, I don't want to. As simple as that. <laughs> no I, I, I always found that interesting I've, I've never really met anyone in um, a position such as you um with the same sort of like sort of like understanding that we have so yeah it's really interesting understanding that because um I didn't know whether it was just me or the, it was always quite a similar thing
1: it <laughs> just make it up as you go along and just hope that it works
0: oh <laughs> um, another interesting so I want to talk to you also about um, what you plan to do with um emma's otters now coming forward because of course we've left lockdown now um you've grown obviously you've grown a lot more so like what do you want to progress with
1: um getting more of a balance of what we do um and being able to at the moment we're just chocker we can't we you know there's no spaces we can't do this we can't do that and I just want to be a bit more free with what we can offer we can move children around a bit more would be really nice and um, eventually I'd love to be able to have our own facility and mm. um, we rely heavily on hired pools at the moment Um, we were looking pre-covid at options for leasing a venue and putting a pool in place but I think with um with covid and how it all changed my views on leasing have definitely changed i'd rather have our own site which we physically own and um, just if anything happens we're not tied and um, tied to some of the commercial side of bits and um, but definitely having more of a free a free um free timetable so we can move things a lot more also and um, i'm pushing through the training side of things a lot more i've been an rssta for for years since I started in the industry and um, but I've moved to becoming a tutor within the STA as well and um, it's been a goal and it was something I set out that I'd like to, be able to offer and um, able to offer apprenticeships and be able to encourage people into an industry and thinking that you don't just have to follow what everyone at school tells you you can have a, a, a career in things which isn't mainstream and um, I still get people coming up to me and going you need to get a proper job I have got a proper job there's 11 of us <laughs> and uh, yeah we do teach a lot of children and work you know six days a week daytime and evening so it's um yeah that kind of thing would be really nice and just being able to have um a space as well where we can teach and coffee shop and a space where other kind of providers can do stuff as well would be really nice. So we've got more of a, a holistic um site rather than trying to fight for pool space and fight for everything else that you've got to do when you're not in your own premises.
0: Yeah, it gives you so much more control then. And um, yeah. Yeah. Which is definitely what you want. And that'll be that would be really interesting actually. And I'm sure actually um Isle of Wight Council will be able to help you with that kind of thing. <laughs> no? No? Oh,
1: They've got their own lovely swimming pools. <laughs>
0: well, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you have some 50 metre pools on the island, that's what you need.
1: That would be fun, yeah. <laughs> Preferably an outdoor Lido version would be great.
0: Yeah, to be fair, the, the island's gagging out for something like that.
1: It really is. It could definitely do with a saltwater Lido somewhere.
0: But that, I think your your plans for the future are... Great, and it's something that definitely I think would be great for you to progress in for sure. Because as you're saying, if you've got that point where you've reached a, a ceiling almost just through to your restrictions, it'd be great for you to keep keep progressing onwards.
1: Definitely, and being able to just yeah look at what we can do, and just yeah, it's it's more down to the training program, being able to offer staff a, a full kind of apprenticeship. I think yeah. that would be a big thing. Because at the moment, I'm in an office in my house and. You know, I'm starting to go, well, maybe, you know, that's fine. Team can come over all the time, but it's getting to the point where we're like, "Mm, we kind of need to have, yeah, have a bit more, have our own space, have, you? we, we try and sell bits to help people, you know, goggles and bits because, parents struggle with finding the right fit for stuff and woggles and certificates and just being able to have it in your own place would be really nice and you've got that fit for children and they can try things and bits but we'll get that eventually. It makes
0: it more accessible doesn't it as well?
1: Absolutely Um, especially you like I said we do a lot with children with disabilities I'm very lucky to work in the school on the island which has its own pool has full hoisting systems but being able to offer that as a outside away from the school would be really nice too. Um, a lot of adults, a lot of children, just the full, full accessibility for everybody would be really nice and really um, really, you know, really needed, I think. Especially over here, we're just um, you know, you get a lot of places, you see wonderful things on the mainland, and it's oh, people travel 50, 60 miles to go, go and attend. And we're like. Yeah, you're not doing that with the boats because they're just <laughs> through the roof.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those ferries are uh, quite pricey. <laughs> Little fat. <laughs> oh no, I think that's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And before you leave, though, I want you to um, post. Your, so plug your uh, social medias, plug your websites, so people out there can like come come and uh, use your use your services.
1: Uh, so we are emma's otters.co.uk for our website and facebook we're emma's otters as well and then our open water one is also emma's otters open water coaching so we've got a few few platforms to try yeah. and attack
0: well <laughs> we'll definitely try and get some of our listeners to uh go in and like some of those because it'll be it'd be really good to uh, help you uh get some more people in you know well of course you need to expand Expand <laughs> <It's fantastic. laughs> was like let's, let's increase those waiting lists.
1: <laughs> yeah let's do that <laughs>
0: well no well thank you very much listeners for uh, listening to on this remember you can listen to the podcast um on spotify and all other platforms um remember also if you want to list, continue the conversations that we're having on here you can go on to the love swimming facebook group um and we talk, talk about all kinds of things learn to swim competitive swimming all things swimming really and it's a really good place to uh yeah just catch up on all the uh, swimming gossip and as well as also learning more about how we can uh improve ourselves and improve swimming and bits like that so thank you so much Emma for coming on it's been really good to uh, have a chat
1: no thank you so much for having us